Oh, did they make a face? Because oh. that would be typical. Anyway, um, we hope that our music today ushers you into Holy Week in a beautiful way. We really are wearing the robes in memory and in honor of John Rowe, who passed away last Sunday morning, and Beth, his wife, who were members of the choir and bought these robes for us uh, several years ago. So, um, double me. I told them they had to look nice and in memory of John Rowe. Okay, candy donations. If you have candy donations, uh, consider donating wrapped candy for the Easter egg hunt, which to Steve Shirley or Keith Durst, which will be for the Easter egg hunt next Sunday, Easter Sunday morning, immediately following. <coughs> Don't forget if you signed up for the Seder celebration for the Monday Thursday, that will be on this coming Thursday at 7 o'clock. Good Friday service. We are having our traditional Good Friday service this week, April 7th, Friday at 7 p.m. It's going to be a unique and meaningful service. We hope you'll join us for that. Sunrise gathering. We are having a sunrise service, even if it's just Jonathan and I at that part. We are having a sunrise service. We're going to meet at Walnut Woods Metro Park on Lycopolis Road entrance. It's called the Buckeye area at 6.50 a.m. That's 10 till 7 on Easter Sunday morning. The gate can wear your PJs if you want to. You show off, or we're good with that. The gate's open at 6.30. There's plenty of parking there. Easter breakfast. We're going to have an Easter breakfast beginning at 8.45 next Sunday. Everyone is welcome. If you have signed up, or if you would like to sign up to bring something to that Easter breakfast, a uh, brunch casserole, uh, uh, donuts, anything, you can contact Susan Stauffer. You can text her. You can email her. Um, if you're coming to eat, bring a little something. It's going to be a great time of fellowship. Still in need of nursery volunteers, contact the office or Jen Hurdle. Uh, finance committee is meeting on um, sometime. It doesn't tell me when. Save the date for these. In May, we're going to be having uh, hosting a cleanup day. And in May, we're doing a rummage sale. More on those to come later. Safe Sanctuary, if you're interested in being trained for that, contact Angela. Martin. Um, did I miss something? Okay, let's quiet our hearts and our minds at this time with a prelude and lighting the candle and carrying the procession.
We want to mention to you, uh, we do have prayers and bulletin, many different prayers for this week. We do have a couple different updates on those, and a couple different ones we want to just highlight. First of all, we continue to send our sympathies to the family of John Rowe. And uh, before, of course, uh, Warren is lost, and thank you for remembering him in a special way today with the Rowe. So I think that's great. We also do want to lift up our condolences. Uh, we've been praying for Laura Rogers and her family for the passing of her brother, Bill Delphine. And uh, Laura herself is recovering from surgery, so we can pray for her. We want to mention to you that uh, a couple updates on our current concerns. Uh, we did have some traveling mercies that uh, are basically stay-at-home mercies now for Ivy and her family. Postponed, uh, they had some issues with flights and, and tornadoes and stuff, and ended up having canceled. So we do want to pray for uh, Christians and family as they continue to look forward to another time to uh, go out and take a trip. We do also want to lift up uh, that you see right there that Amy Hall was admitted to Riverside. She's actually uh, now has been discharged. She's going to be living at home with her son, and so uh, she was very excited about that. Uh, and she is a, still a lively person after all these years. And she is reminding she's 94. She just wanted me to let you all also remind her that. But uh, she's a, a great lady. We love her very much. You want to mention also uh, that you see printed there uh, many of our other current concerns. We just want to lift up uh, Steve Shirley. Uh, I know uh, Steve was in the hospital earlier this week. He's here with us today. But just uh, can you lift him up as well as uh, his mom. We've been praying for her. Just uh, having some uh, adjustment issues with staying in the So we want to lift her up. You want to mention also those other long-term care people: Jack, Carol, Annabelle, Charlotte, Beth, Mary, and Kay, as well as those in active military service: Jake, Nicole, Matthew. Bishop, Brandon, Parker, Justin, and James. You know, also, finally, I just want to uh, let you remind you that if you do have all trails available to you today, you want to come up and uh, pray your welcome to do that. Let's now go to the Lord in the time of prayer.
God, we remember how on this earth Jesus Christ came. Specifically on this week, Lord, how we proclaimed him as Messiah in the ways that we thought he would be. Yet, Lord, you had a deeper work. Not only free us from Roman oppression, Lord, but free us from sin and death. God, we are humbled again to be a people to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus. God, we go through this week, help us once again relive this story. Remember, Lord, all the events of your life, specifically your death and your resurrection. And God, in these events, you have totally changed the whole entire compass. The story of our lives has gone from one that goes down as a somber and bitterness to one that is exuberant and joyful. That God, we celebrate here today, risen life, eternal life that's already here and now. And we thank you so much for working in our lives, working in our spirit, working through this church. But we do pray that in these days ahead, we once again still be filled with your Holy Spirit to work and to do your will. Help us, Lord, to open our eyes to see all the people who are in need and to do what we can to help them. Help us, Lord, to always never be content to just being in this world and of this world, but Lord, continue to be made for this. Specifically, Jesus, to also outreach and to share this gospel story with others so that other people can come to know. Be once again redeemed as a child of God. God, as we're here today, we once again pray for all those who are hurting. We pray for those who are sick. We pray for those who are suffering from any ailments. We pray for those who are mourning the loss of their loved ones. We continue to lift up those who are lonely, those that are depressed, those that are far from family, those that have addictions, those that have life situations and choices ahead of them. all different. We pray especially for those, Lord, who go hungry, those that don't know how to pay the next mortgage payment or rent payment. We pray especially for our young people who are going through hard times. Lord, just each and every day, how sometimes we take a step forward, many times steps forward. We pray for this world, and especially the conflicts that go ongoing. We pray for peace to reign in the hearts of those who are in leadership. Lord, each and every one of them be moved by your spirit. Choose life for all. God, we great today to lift up those who come to seek your special touch. Bless them, Lord, and do a mighty work in their life. Answer their prayer in a way, in such a way that all eyes and all people can see your glory at Not only be thankful for what your work has done, but Lord, to know that once again, not only do you exist, but you are the God who loves us and cares for us. We pray for these prayer requests that are brought before you every week. Continue to work through them and use these prayer requests. Answer these prayers in your time. And finally, God, we pray that prayer that marks us as your followers. And so we pray again. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is heaven. Give us this day our day.
you can um, go on our um, online program, which uh, our website and access the CPO giving program. You can drop in a check in or money or change and anything in the offering plates as we have gone back to passing those today. Um, so anyway, you can financially support the church. We truly, truly appreciate it. Will the ushers please come?
God, sovereign over power and pain, glorious triumph and deep disappointment, we enter this holy week bringing our tithes and offerings to your altar and leaving them here in the hope you will send them to make the world a more loving and compassionate place. We are reminded through the scripture that you sent two of your disciples out to make the world ready for your coming. Go into the village, find the donkey, tell them the Lord has need. Remind us that your kingdom breaks into the world not as a spectacle for us to witness, but as a parade where we are called to make a working contribution. We pray in the name of the one who comes not just for the parade, but for the cross at the end of it. Amen.
from the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 3 through 11. I'm going to ask you to do something we don't normally do, but would you please stand for the reading of this gospel? While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages, and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured the perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. This is the work of the Lord. Thank you. Good morning, church, and welcome again to those online and those that will watch us later. Hello to you as well. As we continue to worship here today, we're going to be jumping into our sermon, and uh, it's this Holy Week. That's all. You guys are excited for Holy Week? Yeah, there we go. It is Holy Week. I know I don't have a sermon series to like jump out and cheer for, but it is Holy Week, so you're going to be cheering for that today. And uh, we are excited because, of course, this is the most monumental week of our entire lives, and every time we remember it. There's another chance, another opportunity, no matter how many times we've taken this to remember in the many years of our lives, but it's another chance to stand in awe of God. I hope that we do that here today. Well, so often on Palm Sunday, of course, today is the day we remember Jesus and the triumphal entry, remember the donkey, remember the palms being waved, and we remember Jesus coming in and the triumphal shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And what's interesting about that, of course, is that every year we remember this on this day, and what happens, of course, sometimes is some of those other events that happen on Holy Week get kind of squished because, of course, there's Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. There's also other events that happen throughout that week. And so what I wanted to do today is to focus on one of those, the story that we just heard, this story of the anointing of Jesus. But first, let us pray. Lord, may the words in my mouth, the meditation of all of our hearts, be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, of course, this is a story that uh, you've heard maybe before, and a story that uh, happens during Holy Week. It's a story that's told in three of the Gospels. It's actually told in Matthew and Mark, and then uh, you would think it would be Luke, but it was actually told in John. It's a story that uh, is very interesting because it's a story of how so many things happen on Holy Week. And Jesus even says at the very end of this that what she has done will never be forgotten. Yet so many times you don't get a chance to preach it. On Holy Week. So I thought I'd remedy that this year. We're going to preach it and remember it because Jesus told us that we would remember this in this day, which this woman had done for him. And it's that story of Jesus' anointing, again, told in Matthew, Mark, and John. We focused on Mark here today, but 
you ever just want to compare the stories, it is interesting because they tell it a little differently, especially Matthew and Mark together kind of have a unified witness. And then John tells it even just a little bit differently in some of the details. We're going to be focusing on Mark here today. And Mark, it says that this woman comes in as they're sitting around and, you know, eating and all that stuff. She comes in to anoint Jesus. And when she does, she brings an alabaster jar, which is a very expensive jar. She's carrying nard in this jar, which is a very expensive, uh, you know, perfume, if you will, an ointment, if you will. And what's interesting about that is uh, it's so expensive because the primary ingredient comes from Nepal. Right? So it came quite a distance to get there. In fact, it's so expensive that it's worth, just the nard alone is worth a year's worth of wages. So imagine just working a whole year of your life, putting it in a very expensive jar, and unnecessarily, you didn't have to do this, but smashing the jar, it says specifically in Mark that he broke it, took this and anointed Jesus on the head. It is amazing to stop and think what was going through her head, and, and probably likely it was one of two things, and maybe a mix of both. Was one is that whenever you had a, an honored guest, especially a speaker, come into your house, it was actually a very customary thing to, to take some, you know, something and anoint that person, and so maybe this is what she's doing. Uh, it is a very, very, very lavish way of doing that, if that's what her intent is. But probably more likely is this is the week of Passover. This is the week where, remember, it's the story of the Jewish people being liberated from slavery in Egypt. And it was often thought around this time that this is when the Messiah would come and free the people from the Roman oppression that they were experiencing in that day. So probably with the, with the cost of what she brought, she's actually maybe probably thinking, I'm anointing the king of the Passover who's going to come and make all things right. And in fact, that's exactly what she's doing. But of course, the way Jesus does this is in so many different ways and probably what she expected or what we would expect. But this anointing of a king or anointed of a guest happens. And again, so many things were unnecessary about it. The price of the cost of the nard itself, the breaking of the jar, shows how outlandish she was to just show Jesus a passionate way of affection and love. And of course, the disciples and everybody else that's gathered there, they start murmuring amongst themselves. And of course, you're thinking what you and I are thinking, because we're pragmatic Americans. And we're thinking, isn't this a little too much, right? Could we done something, the same exact thing, done a little less, and taken all that money and done something else good with it, right? And in fact, that's exactly what they do. They start arguing about the idea of what should we do, what should have been done. We should have given this to the poor. Think about how many people this could have fed. Think about how many people this could have done good work for. Jesus, in that very moment, turns to them and he says those words, remember, about oh, harm this woman. Right? She's done a beautiful thing for he reminds them, hey, the poor you're always going to have with you. You're not always going to have me. You can go help the poor whenever you want. What she has done will always be remembered. And then he takes that, notice how he twists it. He doesn't say, she anointed me king of my rightful heir, what I'm coming into. He says, she has prepared me for birth. Of course, in those days when someone died, he would, he would kind of mix a bunch of different things. We know, of course, myrrh and all those different other oils that you put in to help cover the stench of the person as you laid them in the tomb, or laid them to their final place of rest. Jesus says in this moment, this is what this is for. Because he knew when the crucifixion happened, there'd be no chance for his prepare, for his burial. And so he actually interprets this and tells the people at this table, this is what this is for. This is one of those stories, of course, that is always a head-scratcher a little bit, because you wonder, how do you apply this to our own life, right? I mean, Jesus 
has already been crucified, has already risen from the dead. We don't really have a chance to anoint him. But I think it does speak very powerfully to all of us in the world. Because if you're like me, sometimes it's real easy to get into that utilitarian way of thinking, right? That idea of, hey, this costs X much. We should use it for certain things, right? And in fact, I remember in my uh, younger years, I, I did some mission work around, did all sorts of stuff around the world. And I remember going to a, you know, one of the, you know, now they're a dime a dozen, but back then it was pretty new. You know, this big, huge mega church kind of style with all the different lights and bells and whistles and smoke fog machines and, you know, all, you know, the, all the bands and everything. And it's a great atmosphere, great worship. But I remember coming into it and I remember thinking, this is amazing. But my gosh, do we really need all this, people? Like, how, you know, I'm looking around, I'm looking at the speakers alone, you know, and I'm just thinking in my head what the speakers cost, you know, for the, for the place. And I'm just like, wow, this seems just over the top and crazy. That way of thinking, right, of thinking, like, can we just get down to just little tiny things and use them for good and just kind of be okay with just little stuff? It's sometimes the way we Christians think. But what I think this passage would really challenge us, sometimes Jesus uses big, expensive things for good. You think about these disciples that he corrects. I think their heart was probably in the right place of thinking this just seems like a waste. Of course, they had no bigger idea in that moment. They're not concentrating on the idea of what God was really up to during the next couple days. In fact, what she did, Jesus called beautiful. It's real easy to pass judgment or on someone else's passionate gift to God or to maybe wonder why in the world, what God going to do with it? Yet God has a way of inspiring people to do amazing and wonderful things. Things that may cost money, things that may not add up in our economics, things that may not be something that we ourselves think are wise to do, but yet God inspires people to do stuff like this all the time. It's amazing results that are used for his glory. You know, I think back on that day when I thought about that church and, you know, about all those different items and especially all the speakers I was looking at and adding up in my head. It was used for the glory of God. It was used. So many people, as I learned over the years, have come to faith through that church started off their walk with God and transformed their community because of what God used that church for. I think it's always worth the question to ask. Of course, Jesus wants us to help the poor, wants us to be with them, and that's our default stance. But there are times where God inspires greatness. And church, you need to look no further than this sanctuary. Think about our stained glass windows. I was amazed this week again because uh, someone that came to see our church for the first time walked in and said, wow, look at these. And he actually had to stop. We were there for a meeting. And he had to stop and get out his phone and take pictures of our sanctuary and just think about the great heritage that's been left there. And yet when we look at these windows, we remember once again, not only did it cost great effort to make them a great price, could have just said, hey, God wants us to use it for so many other things. And yet they felt the spirit yearning and working in their heart, and so they built something that was great value. Many people may come and say, what a waste. Yet we look at it, we see Jesus portrayed time and time again. The way God has used this in so many Sundays to inspire us. He holds us in his arms. He's got a plan for our lives no matter what we're going through. We can only stop. Wait. I remember a story of a Christian leader that was sharing, and they were from America, and they were sharing this great story of, you know, they were coming from a, a place where 
They lived in a big metropolitan area, New York City, in fact, and they were just building a new organ. Their other organ had kind of given out, and so they were putting in a new organ. It was going to cost them a few million dollars to do. He was on a trip to go do some good work over in Africa and was meeting with uh, some African other Christians, and they were talking through and the Christians, and he was seeing all the poverty and everything that was going on, and he just finally just admitted to his African friend, he said, you know, I just feel so horrible because my church back home putting in a, million, a few million dollar organ on all the work that this money could go to right here. Well, the, this is a true story, by the way. The African Christian looked at him and said, God needs it. Do it. The man was baffled because this fellow Christian that really just day and day lived in and out of seeing people in suffering and people in hurt understood this concept that God does huge and amazing things sometimes. Sometimes it feels like wasteful. Sometimes it feels like something that we don't understand, but yet God can sometimes use that. The story that warns us also inspires us to think, what in the world? What great sacrifices can we offer? I think about this woman, and again, she broke the jar. There's no going back from the broke jar, by the way, right? And I just think it just shows the completion of her devotion, right? There wasn't going to be anything left. She was going to give it all to Jesus in this moment. She wanted to make sure that every ounce of that nard was given to Jesus, anointed over his head. Jesus took that. He remembered a beautiful moment. You know, many times people may look at you and say, what are you offering? What are you doing? If you're offering it in a pure heart, whatever it is that you offer, God can use for his glory. May we, like this woman that was in this story, we remember playing our part in this great story of Jesus not only coming to this earth, but even once he left, continue to redeem the earth, redeem the people in to bring people to fellowship. Christian believers in fellowship with God the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Let us pray. God, as we hear, we're once again uh, moved by this story. Because so many times in our life, we come to this Holy Week, we remember so many acts that you have been so gracious in the work through. Sometimes we forget to tell this story. Yet, Lord, you reminded us, even in those last words, that what this woman had done will be remembered for us. And so, God, as we're here today, we want to, we want to play our part in your story. And Lord, whatever it is that you ask for, whether great or small, we give it. And Lord, whatever we give, we know that sometimes we think we know how you're going to use it, and we use it in a totally different way. God, we say amen to that, because when you use it, you use it for things so much greater than we ever thought. God, as we come to this table here today, we remember once again the story of how Jesus Christ, on the night when he gave himself up for us, he took bread, he broke the bread, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, as often as you do this. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you. He gave it to his disciples said, Drink from this, all of you. This cup of my new covenant. For out for you for many. The forgiveness of sin. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. So, Lord, in these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice in union with Christ offered for us. May you be upon these gifts. Bread and wine, 
that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ, that in taking them we may be your servants and be your people, your very hands and feet on this earth. Lord, by your Spirit, make us one with each other and one in ministry to all the world. So at last we come and feast at your heavenly banquet. May all honor and glory and power be yours. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This time we're going to invite the usher, or the ministers, that is, to come forward and help with communion. As they're coming, I do want to remind you of a couple different things before we take communion. Uh, first of all, you don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be a member of our denomination. If you're here today and you want to meet with Jesus Christ, you're welcome to do so. Uh, first, what we'll do is we'll be passing the plates. There'll be a piece of bread that we'll take. If you would take a piece of bread, keep passing the plate. You're going to hold on to that bread. So once everybody's been served, once everyone's served, we'll then eat that bread together. We'll do the same with the juices. If you do have need, there are some community cups uh, that will prepackage, so if you'd rather have that, welcome to do so uh, today as well. Just about kind of ready to have us, you know, we'll make sure that it's good. Let's prepare the table.
Let us pray. Lord, thank you for proving your love for us. Amen. In just a moment, we'll be uh, closing with a song as we uh, celebrate the Easter week here together. I do want to just remind you, uh, let you know that uh, once the song is over, we'll leave the sanctuary in silence. Uh, before we do our benediction, I'm going to say our benediction now before we uh, go to that song. Before I do, I just want to remind you, we go to the bake sale finishing up today. It's right after church. You can leave this room inside, but if you want to talk, go on downstairs and buy some cookies uh, for that. As uh, we go into this benediction, may the Lord bless you. Let's hold you. Remember the life of Jesus Christ once again. And that the passion that he lived suffer for us, and that go and be implanted in your hearts and minds, and in your souls, now and forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Thank you.